The next one of the attributes, continuing with the theme we started in the previous year of the miuts, the sixth that we mentioned would be a unit of lessening or moderation in certain things. So the next one is miut ta'anug, a lessening or moderation. Uh, we'll have to see exactly what that means, of ta'anug, of presumably physical or earthly material pleasures. So of all, it's important to note that there are a number of statements already in Chazal and in Rishonim that make the point that on some fundamental level, we have to acknowledge that there is an incompatibility with physicality, Gashmius, and on the other hand, Torah, or spirituality, Ruchnius. Just take one example from Chazal, the Avos Rabbi Nason, in Perk uh, tells us that that if a person accepts upon himself the pleasures of this world, and certainly that language is suggestive of more than someone who just experiences certain things in this world, but truly focuses on them, is macabre, but be that as it may, that that level of a commitment, even if we were to translate it that way, a commitment to the physical, that will prevent the person from ever being able to be makabel olam haba. But the opposite is also true. She'eno makabel alav ta'anugi olam hazet, notin lo ta'anugi olam haba. But if a person can withstand that temptation, is not, quote, accepting, committed to ta'anugi olam hazet, then they will receive the pleasures of the next world. There are other statements of similar nature in Chazal, and those are then echoed, I want to highlight three different, uh, very important and really incredible statements in the Rishonim. For starters, the Rambam in Hechos Talmud Torah, Paragimel Halachibayz, tells us that Divrei uh, Torah will not be miskayim with Elu, those who are lomdin mitoch idun, mitoch achila v'shtia. Anyone who thinks that they can have a enjoyable, comfortable, pleasurable, material experience and be successful at learning at the same time, it will not happen, says the Rambam. A person has to withhold a certain degree, not clear exactly how much, but a certain degree of physical pleasures and comfort as a prerequisite for achieving success in Talmud Torah. The Rambam says so clearly. Similarly, Tosvos and Ksubis and Daf Kuf Dalid Umar Aleph says that a person should daven, should pray that no delicacies uh, enter you, so to speak, before you even pray that Torah enters. Aj Adam Espalash Yekanes Torah, Yechnas, excuse me, Torah Latoch Gufo, Yespalash Lo Yechnasu Ma'adanim Latoch Gufo. Right? So if you think you want to have Torah and you're davening for success in Torah, a prerequisite. First, pray that you don't experience lo yichnesu ma'adanim, any pleasures into your body. And finally, in a very stark uh, metaphorical contrast, the Chovos HaLavavos, in the Shar Cheshban HaNefesh in Perak very famously says, just as lo yitchabrub kli echad ha'mayim va'esh, just like fire and water are incompatible, lo tishaber belev ha'ma'amin ahavas olam hazeh ve'ahavas olam haba. Again, there is a modifier that we're not just speaking about dabbling in or experiencing now and then the pleasures of this world. We're talking about someone who is ohave olam hazeh, as opposed to someone who is ohave olam haba. But nevertheless, the Chovos Lavavos is describing something consistent with what we've seen, that if a person's personality, if they're neshama, in this case their heart, if you will, 
is focused on, truly loves and benefits the pleasures of this world, that simply is incompatible with a love of things spiritual as symbolized by Olam Haba. So we've seen briefly a statement in Chazal and three in the Rishonim, all seemingly echoing, again at some very basic level, a certain degree of incompatibility between Torah on the one hand, spirituality, and Gashmius and material pleasures on the other hand. The question is why this is so. Why is physical pleasure and indulgence incompatible with learning and Avodah Hashem? And briefly, uh, we can find two different approaches. One is a kind of a mystical, you might say, uh, objectively speaking, approach. And that, among others, the Maharal uh, describes, the Maharal here in Der Chaim, says that a life of physicality and physical pleasure is simply incompatible with spiritual Torah. Torah is something that is a, a certain ruach, it is a form of spirituality, and if a person's life and personality is more physical and base, that person is simply incompatible, not a suitable klikibul, cannot, cannot be someone who simply can receive the Torah. The Maral, throughout this parak and in general his writings, speaks about the need to be makabel Torah, to turn yourself into a klikibul, a utensil that can be Makabel Torah. And one of the things that says the Maharal that makes you incompatible, deficient as such a Kli, is to be overly physical, to be too Gashmi. It would be like pouring water into a cup with holes. It's not a question of fair or not fair, why this, why not. It's just simply not going to work. It's impossible. It is incompatible. That is uh, one that one can find. Others, however, say that it's more psychological. It has to do with your mindset or your, your motivation, your priorities. To, need, to learn, you need to have the right mindset and values. If your head, as it were, is in the food or money or other physical indulgences, it can't be in learning, which is a completely different wavelength and offers different forms of satisfaction and pleasure. Learning is hard and it takes tremendous effort. If you want success, you have to be hungry for that. Sometimes the best way to be hungry is to be hungry and not too comfortable in general. Um, I think this idea is echoed in many sources. Uh, for example, the Gemara Baba Basra, Kovzayin Amudbet, Rabbi Yochanan criticizes Rabbi Chia, and he said, you got it wrong because you were overindulging while you were in Bavel. As Rashbam there explains, that Rabbi Yochanan is telling Rabbi Chia that Hayita ma'adein atzmacha, you were preoccupied with the pleasures of Bavel, and therefore it took your, your, your time away from being osik in learning. Or in the Gemara in Adaram, Daf Pei Aleph, Amar Aleph, the Gemara there tells us that we should be Zahir with the children of Aniim, because from them, Tetzay Torah. Why specifically with the children of Aniim more than anybody else? So the Ben Yehuyada explains there, because they're not spoiled with pleasure and luxuries. Or similarly, Rabbeinu Yonah in Avos in Perik Bet, Mishnah Yudbet tells us similarly that you cannot learn if you're marba bi'idunin. If you have too many pleasures, it'll distract you, you won't be able to learn, and therefore, uh, in a sense, being the child of Aniim makes a person advantageous to learn because they won't have the material benefits and pleasures that would otherwise distract The Taz in Shulchan Aruch and Archaim Simon Memzayin, at the beginning of the Simon, uh, makes a similar point, that if you learn mitoch oneg, then you're not likely to be yagia in it. You won't put in the effort. Osam shalomdim devrei Torah mitoch oneg ve'enem yagiyim ba, ena Torah miskayemes etzlam. He just kind of seems to assume, 
which perhaps is not always the case, but enough of the time that he makes the assumption that learning Bitoch Oneg will not facilitate Yigiya, the true effort and toil that's required to be successful in learning, Taz just assumes is more likely to happen when people don't have that Oneg, don't have that extra uh, pleasure. There are numerous stories uh, throughout uh, the ages, some prominent ones in recent Achronim even, uh, that talk about this point. Uh, one particular one, uh, they say that Rav Baruch Ber used to say in the name of Rav Chaim that you can see the difference between the Svarim Shagis Aryeh and Ture Evan. And they are both written by the same brilliant author, but Rav Chaim apparently assumed that there was a qualitative difference between them that the Shagas Aryeh was written when the author was in abject poverty, when he was the Rav of Elohim and there simply was nothing there. And that's a better safer, he said, than the Turevin, the Chedushim on a number of Masechtos and Shas, which was written when the author was more comfortable as the Rav in Metz. So I can't uh, 100% vouch for the provenance of this story, uh, the authorship of the Shagas Aryeh versus the Turevin, but this is a Masorah that you see quoted uh, going back in the name of Reb Chaim, which again is consistent with this point. Along these lines, it would be impossible uh, to address this topic without uh, acknowledging that Perke Avos itself uh, seems to already make this point earlier in Perek Vav, Kachi Darkashel Torah, Pas B'Melech Tochal, that a person should, uh, if they want to have a Torah, they need to subsist on the bare minimum, uh, just bread uh, salt. Some of Arshim are actually bothered that this seems to be more extreme, that our Brisa now, our Memchas uh, Kinyanim, is Miut Tanug, and Pas Tochal sounds like even more ascetic, more extreme than that. Uh, so some of Arshim say it's not, it's not really a contradiction, that that's really what Pas means. Uh, this is, uh, we may have thought reading uh, our uh, list that Miut Tanug uh, still allowed for something better than that, but perhaps, at least according to that uh, Tana, that the Miut that's being referred to is not nothing. You could have a little bread and salt, not nothing, but that it's a form of Miut. Uh, if you look at the Ram Nechaz Talmud Torah, Paragim that seems like he understands it that way. Uh, but a number of other Mepharshim here in Avos, the Medrash Shmuel and the Maral and the Archaim, so it's actually referring to different people, that the standard person uh, is enough to have miut tanog, and that does not have to be as extreme as, uh, you know, bread and salt. Uh, it can be something more moderate than that, and as long as you're moderating and you have the miut, that's sufficient. The earlier brisa of Pasmel Tochal, they suggest, is referring to a different person, and that is Nebuch, someone who simply has nothing more than that. Not that you must be that ascetic, but what if Nebuch, a person, is so poor that they only have Pas Tochal? So comes along that earlier Bryce and says, Kachi Darko Torah. If you truly love Torah, if you really want to be Kone Torah, then you can't abandon it even when you're so poor as Pas Tochal. You have to be willing to sacrifice, you have to be willing to live even with nothing if that's what it takes to achieve success in Torah. Not that one has to, but if you find yourself in that circumstance, it then becomes the, the challenge and, if you will, the litmus test of your dedication. Are you willing to live even with so little in order to achieve success in Torah? Just to conclude, uh, we have you know, more or less taken the approach that uh, while it's hard to exactly put a specific uh, definition on what level in today's day and age of physical pleasures and enjoyment in the material world would be considered, nevertheless, only a miut. But 
we have been assuming, and I think this is the correct assumption, um, that what is being prescribed here is moderation with a focus on the priority of what's truly important in life. Um, and I think that that is consistent not only with the majority of interpretations we've seen already, but the broader hashkafa that we find towards physical pleasures. Um, just to mention two final example uh, sources of that, uh, the Ramban's famous comment in Parshas Kedoshim that the mitzvah of Kedusha, the mitzvah of Kedoshim to you is Kadesh Acha B'mutarlach. Again, not to say that one has to be completely ascetic, but that not only are there things that are prohibited, but even in the things which are permitted, the hashkafa, if you will, of the Torah, already in Parshas Kedoshim, merely being echoed here in Avos Paragvav, is the idea of Kadesh Atzmacha B'mutarlach, Miut Tanug, not overdoing even things that are permissible. Because again, whether it's the Maharal's metaphysical, it makes you a non klikibul or it just simply will distract you and not make you into the kind of person who isn't going to work hard enough to achieve success in Torah. But either way, that moderation is clearly what is called for. And last but not least, just to return to the Chovos Halavavos, who makes this a, a theme, and we already saw his striking comment um, about fire and water, the incompatibility on some basic level between the physical and the spiritual. But even the Chovos Halavavos speaks about the fact that on the one hand, you can't love Olam Hazeh, that's what Kedoshim Tiyu teaches us. That's what Miyot Tanog is telling us. That shouldn't be your pleasure, your passion in life. But at the same time, you can't completely ignore your, bother, your body either. Tain legufcha hamazon or amidenu alinyano, says the Chavaz Lavavos. You have to still be careful to take care of your body and give it what it needs in all of its many forms. But at the same time, tain lenafshecha v'nachachmos v'hamusarim yoser me'yecholta but primarily focus on your spiritual needs. If you treat your body as a cleat, as we have seen, as a way of enabling the truly important things in life, so you'll take care of it for what it needs, sometimes that may even be a little indulgence, but fundamentally it's about what is necessary and not simply indulging, and that will make a person into the well-rounded and more spiritually and intellectually oriented person who can achieve a Kinyan Torah. So that is our first attribute of uh, today. Our second attribute for today's shir, the next in the list of the miyuts, is miyut shena, uh, lessening the amount that we sleep. And here also, the Tiferes Yisrael already, Rav Yaakov M. in the Lechem Shemayim, point out that obviously what Chazal here are describing is something in moderation. Uh, of course, you have to sleep, person can survive physically or mentally uh, on too little and certainly not on, with no sleep. And none less than the Rambam, famously in Hechos Deos and Perak Dalid, uh, talks about ideally even sleeping uh, eight hours. But nevertheless, clearly what we are being told is not to overdo it. And uh, there are other sources in general that indicate uh, this as well. A number of the Mepharshim here uh, call to our attention uh, the Gemara and other sources such as Gemara and Brachos and Nun Zayin Amad Bet that describes sleep as a shish, the 60th uh, of death. Um, the Medrash Shmuel as well as Rabbi Chaim Velazhener in the Ruach Chaim say that's why Miut Shena is necessary among the Kinyanei Torah because if sleep is a form watered down as it is but a form of death and as the T- Mishlei teaches us Torah is it's Chaimhi, the tree of life. So life and death are incompatible. When a person is asleep, he's holding on to Lona Damasa, the tree of death. 
And Torah is the tree of life, so they're opposite. A person who loves to sleep will be impacted by that, even when he's awake. And therefore he won't be able to hold on to that tree of life. And we see this uh, also, uh, a number of the Mepharshim tie this to a pasuk, a different pasuk in, in Parakaf, pasuk Yud Gimel, Al Tehav Shina, don't love sleep, Pen Tivaresh, lest you become poor. Instead, Pekach Einecha, Sva Lechem, open your eyes, wake up, and be sated by bread. So a number of Mepharshim, such as the Medrash Shmuel here, uh, understand that pasuk as a metaphor for Torah. If you love sleep, you'll become poor, you'll become impoverished in Torah. Rather, open your eyes and be sated by the lechem of Torah, by the bread of life, the bread of Torah. That is a similar idea that we already saw, but with this beautiful drush of this additional pasuk in Mishlei. Don't become impoverished in Torah, but instead, sva lechem, be sated with the bread of Torah, opening your eyes and not loving sleep. Amazingly, perhaps the most uh, dramatic and famous example of this in all of Jewish history may have been the Vilna Gon. His children write in the Hagdama to the Bir Hagron Shulchan Aruch that their father, the Gon, never slept more than 30 minutes straight. It's hard for us to imagine or to conceive of, but we have money for very able children. Uh, that in fact, this was the amazing standard that he held himself to. I don't know anyone before or since who was able to do that, but on whatever level we can, to acknowledge that miut shena, uh, not overindulging, and if anything, pushing ourselves a little bit, is a necessary prerequisite for success in Torah. Now, why should that be? So the simplest understanding, obviously, is that you, know, you just simply can't be productive if you're sleeping, and if you can limit how much you sleep, that gives you more hours in the day to be successful. And this very obvious point is mentioned by both the Tiferes Yisrael and the Derachayim in our Brisa, that too much sleep just wastes unnecessarily too much time. However, the Mepharshim also point out, as we've already seen, and just, I think, in a, in a sharper way, that it's not just that, but a person who overindulges, however I find that quantitatively, but a person who overindulges in sleep, that will have a negative impact even when they're not sleeping. So both the Medrash Shmuel and the Tiferes Yisrael make this point, that an overindulgence in sleep will weaken the mind and cause a sluggishness. It'll deaden your motivation. Ayyadeh Riboy Shena writes to the Tiferes Yisrael, Lo levad shiafzit hazman, the first thing we saw. Not only do you just have less time to learn, elagam yityashen sechlo, so to speak, you put your mind to sleep even when you're awake. Yovad charitsuso, and you will be deadening or dulling uh, your energy, your motivation, your, your, your intensity for learning. You can't grab on to the tree of life if you're too focused and too indulgent in the tree of death. Too much sleep. The Maharal, the Derachayim, makes more or less the same point, but he fits it into the categories that we've already seen previously, uh, earlier even in today's shir, that for the Maharal, one needs to make himself into a klikibu, and if you're too focused on the chomri, the physical, then you're simply not a appropriate for the spiritual Torah. So not only is that the material pleasures of this world, says the Maral, but even just too focused on sleep is perhaps not as extreme, it would seem, as overindulgent in physical pleasures, but still focusing too much on sleep, says Maral, makes you too focused on the comfort, I guess is the best way of putting it, not the pleasures, but the comfort of your guf, and that in and of itself distances you 
from Torah. One last point to mention, which is indirectly connected to this broader discussion of Miut Shena, is the discussion in Chazal and in Mefarshim about the importance and the skula, uh, it seems, of learning specifically late into the night. The Gemara in Chagiga, Daf Yud Bet, tells us, Kala Oseik Betorah Balayla, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshech Alav Chut Shel Chesed Bayom. If you stay up late learning Torah into the night, Hashem will spread to you, as it were, a string of chesed. Hashem will be overly kind with you and presumably make you even more successful than you would otherwise be during the day. Uh, the Gemara Ervin Daf Samachai tells us, according to at least one opinion, Lo Ivra Sarah that the nighttime was created for learning. And finally, the Gemara in Tamed, Daflamid Bet, Amid Bet, Kalaosek, Petorba, Laila, Shechina, Kenegdo. We know that the Shechina is present whenever a person learns, but at least according to this Gemara, there's an extra emphasis, perhaps an extra degree, an additional degree of presence of Shechina when a person is learning at night. The Rambam, obviously influenced by all of these Mamari Chazal, the Rambam very beautifully and extensively elaborates on this point in Hilchos Talmud Torah, Paragimel, Halacha Yidgimel. The Rambam says, even though, of course, there's a mitzvah to learn day and night, from mitzvah perspective, there's no difference. Yet, says the Rambam, Ein Adam Lomed Rov Chachmoso, Ela that there's much more success and achievement of learning at night. And therefore, a person who wants to be Zoha in the Keter Torah, a person who wants to truly grab hold of the crown of Torah, what the 48 Kinyani Torah that we're studying are meant to achieve, to allow a person to wear with pride and with comfort and naturally the Keter Torah. If you really want that Keter Torah to fit on your head, says the Ramam, Yizahir Losov. You shouldn't waste any of your nights. Don't waste them in sleep or other indulgences. Rather, says the Rambam, Talmud Torah focus on matters of the mind of Talmud Torah. Right? It's a bad, bad sign for a house if you can't hear the sounds of Torah late into the night in that house. So this is just a fraction of what the Rambam says. I uh, just took the highlights, but there's still more where that came from. And of course, the question we can ask is, why is all this the case? If you just tell me it's important to learn a lot, I understand that. But there seems to be a dagesh, an emphasis, not only on the amount that one learns, but specifically learning at night. So just to conclude, two interpretations for that that question, why specifically at night? So the Ion Yaakov, in the Ein Yaakov, in his second interpretation, uh, he says something very interesting. He points out that the Gemara in Sukkah, describes, at least according to one opinion, that Torah Lashma is a form of Torah Chesed. So whatever that might mean otherwise, he says that what the word that works out here is Torah Shalom Balayla, that is more sincere if you learn at night. Why? Because when you learn during the day, Kalaolam Rowin Vishomin. If you learn in public, it seems like, you know, in the daytime people learn the base Medrash. So then everyone sees that and Perhaps there's a certain degree of lolishma in that. But if you're learning late into the night, when everyone else is sleeping, presumably learning at home as well, so then that is purely lishma, no one is even going to know about it. Ulakach, says the Ian Yaakov. And that, as a result, that's why nimshachalav chut God is going to give you even more success, so to speak, during the day.
So perhaps this is uh, learning at night is symbolic of being more lishma. Uh, the Medrash Shmuel, however, uh, based on the Zohar, uh, says something more mystical. He says that many times, uh, since the Shechina and the Tzadikim are in Gan Eden, they will come and more likely to be, to be listening. Somehow they are less busy, I guess, as it were, at night, and the Shechina is more present, as we've seen the Tzadikim, even in Gan Eden, are more present in your learning, and therefore it's a more uh, matzliach time, it's a more apropos or opportune time, I should say, uh, to learn. So uh, that's obviously a more metaphysical or Kabbalistic sense, um, if it speaks to a person, that's wonderful, but uh, it's hard to kind of explain why that should be in a rational way, but either you accept it or not, that's the, the Zohar idea, the mystical idea of there being something particularly special and spiritual uh, about the Shechina and even the Tzadikim and Gan Eden at night. So we have seen here most recently a Dagesh, an emphasis on learning late into the night, which is not the same thing, but obviously it overlaps with the broader point that uh, focusing less on sleep to the extent that one is physically capable, and instead focusing on one's learning, even late into the night, where, whether it's more rationally or mystically, uh, we can explain it either way, but this is a necessary prerequisite and an instrumental facet in one's learning. How much sleep does a person need? It seems that obvious that that is going to vary from person to person and also might vary uh, from stage to stage in a person's life. Typically, people who are younger need less sleep. People, as they get older, need more sleep. But whatever the case may be, I think it's uh, pretty uh, accepted that within a certain range, a person can train himself to get by on less sleep. And everyone has to experiment or figure that out for themselves. But person shouldn't feel like they're fated to sleep a certain amount and they wish they could do it less. Sometimes there really is a brick wall that you can't move and we trust uh, Hashem knows what the truth is. But uh, before uh, resigning oneself, I would say uh, and with uh, care, there are ways to you know experiment with a little less, a little less, push yourself a little bit more. Even if you go to sleep later, but take you know the power nap during the day, sometimes you might be more tired because you really didn't, you might have gotten an hour less sleep than you were used to. But sometimes a fifteen or twenty or even thirty minute power nap can compensate for that, and you can actually get away with less sleep than you would thought. So I don't have an answer. Certainly not for everyone. I don't have a formula for everyone. Something that I struggle with. I assume like everybody, but uh, just something that we need to keep in mind at the end of the day. Um, to be a Talmud Chacham, to have a Kenyan Torah takes takes time and takes tremendous, tremendous effort. And not only Tanag, do we have to know what's really important in this world, and as we get older we all realize life is about choices and most people aren't going to have everything. And if you focus more on the Tanug, then you're going to have less of the Torah. Uh, and similarly, uh, it's not going to come unless you really work hard. And as I think it's the Panevichirov, I believe it was him, who was famous uh, for saying... Everyone wants to be a Talmud Chacham, but they want to sleep well at night also. It's just not going to happen. You know, very, very, very few people, uh, you know, can have a relatively indulgent uh, sleeping uh, schedule and still achieve great things in learning. You would have to be particularly gifted for that. But certainly most people, even talented people, uh, will only truly achieve their potential, let alone anything objectively significant, unless they really are willing to push themselves and work hard. And one of the ways that that will be demonstrated is the willingness to go with a little less sleep so that even more learning can be achieved.